right, the boys from Miami are back on the live item tag. Saturday night. Let's get ready to boost, people. Let's get ready to boost, because we are lit. You got the captain over here. And your boy, Chimp. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. All right, we're back. So what's going on? Well... You know, it's been one of those weeks. It's been kind of a crazy week. And, uh, you know, here in Miami, we got lucky this past week because oh, yeah. a hurricane came through the West Coast. We really did a number over there. Um, and we'll be talking about that a little bit later. Yes, we got a special boots on the ground from our good friend Panda over there. He's going to tell us what's going on. Yeah, Panda Man will be coming in a little bit later. we got a couple things we're going to get through first. And uh, just to give a little bit of uh, stuff, you know, to put in your minds. And the, the first topic of discussion, it's, uh, you know, I, you may have noticed this. I don't know how much attention you paid today because, or last night. But, you know, so I do this event called Bitcoin Brunch. I host it every Sunday. And... I've got a little telegram chat room that's got some people in it and you know, they, they, they talk about whatever. And then uh, Panda man is one of our regular contributors and always happy to have him. And last night, you know, cause we were asking him about the situation over on the West coast and he, he says that he's a prepper so that he was pretty much ready. And you know, he, so he, he was okay. And then he showed a picture of a bunch of meat you know, like on a rack getting ready to go into a grill or delicious grill. pork chops. But on the corner of this picture of the meat, you could see his foot. <laughs> you could see his foot. And just from this one little foot slip, right? One slip of a foot in a meat picture. Now everyone's posting pictures of their feet. They're judging each other's feet. They're talking about what, what kind of feet, different, different types you know, of feet there are. We should really include a trigger warning for people because <laughs> feet is not what I expected to start this episode <laughs> off with. I mean, I'm not really saying anything about feet other than the fact that they exist and they are on the bottom of people's bodies. And if you take a picture pointing in the down direction and it's too close to your corpus, you, you might get your foot in the picture. And so, you know, whatever. I, I, I try not to be like too domineering about some people like the feet, topics. Man. Some and, people like uh, feet. And so that was all well and good. They, they had their little, their little back and forth about the feet and exchanging the pictures. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But then this morning, then this morning, one of the members decides that he's going to like keep the conversation going. So he starts it again and I'm just like, Oh hell no. So I immediately delete his message. That part I missed. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I'm like, okay, no more toe talk. <laughs> we're, we're just not, we're not doing it. It's done. Um, this is not what this chat room is for. This chat room is to talk about Bitcoin brunch and stuff like that and keep it in the bedroom. You freaks. So you're telling me you wouldn't live stream your feet for some sats. So the next topic of discussion <laughs> is a question that came up in uh, Bitcoin Brunch recently, the Bitcoin Brunch chat room. It doesn't seem to be so much of an issue when we're in person together. But, uh, you know, this one guy came in and he, it's like a more of like a, an investment type, you know, like buy low, sell high, leverage, blah, blah, blah. That kind of stuff that I have no interest in whatsoever comes into Bitcoin Brunch and 
you know, we get so many of these at Bitcoin brunch and they, they think that they've got something that they can give to me, you know, like they've got something to teach me. They're going to show me the light. And he called Bitcoin brunch a cult. <laughs> he, and he basically he was saying because we, I didn't allow certain kinds of discussion and it's not that I don't allow certain kinds of discussion. I will just literally ignore whole streams of thought because they're going into like a facet that doesn't interest me. You know, I mean, we could talk about something from so many different points of view. And if there is a point of view that just specifically and explicitly, like it doesn't interest me, I'm not an investor. And then there's this whole discussion and we could talk about that some other time, but there's it, really, I want to talk about is Bitcoin brunch a cult. And you know, the great thing the great thing about the Bitcoin Brunch Telegram group, the great thing about having Panda Man as one of our regulars and, and constant contributors is that, well, why the hell not? Bitcoin Brunch is a cult. And, uh, you know, you should uh, do whatever I tell you. So let's pull back and <laughs> let's define a cult first. No, no. Drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> drink the Kool-Aid. Stop asking questions. <laughs> Just drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, so w- when we upload this uh, this episode as a podcast, there should be some interesting memes in the chapter art for what we're talking about right now because Panda made a few good good memes to stick in there. And I want to say, you know, because um, so the, the theme for Bitcoin Brunch is Bitcoin, the future of money, and whatever else we want to talk about. And so it's, you know, the whatever else we want to talk about that gives me the headache because people come and they want to talk about their feet or investing, you know, like how do, how do I explain the value proposition of Bitcoin to my like boomer clients? And I'm like, I don't, I don't give a shit, man. I don't care. Like that's your friggin' problem. Like you, for some reason, feel like you need to explain Bitcoin to your boomer clients. You don't have to, you could just ignore Bitcoin if you don't get it. You don't got to. So this brings me to my next topic. So I'm switching from the cult to shills in our midst. You don't have to come to Bitcoin brunch if you don't even like Bitcoin. This is really this. This their different topic. <laughs> I think it's the same point for you. It's you know, if, if you if you think Bitcoin has no value, if you think Bitcoin has no use case, I mean, we haven't even explained what Bitcoin is. But but if, if that's the case, you know, if you come to life and you're thinking about things in the world and you're like, there's this thing called Bitcoin and I don't like it, blah, blah, blah. Why would you go out of your way to an event called Bitcoin brunch just to bother people? Yeah. People come with preconceived notions and you know, it's just confirmation bias. Oh, that sounded cultish. And I mean, it is, it is like he was talking about something called a sharp ratio and this has to do with some expected returns. And I'm like, I don't care. Like what, like what is the expected return? You see, this is the whole problem and why someone like me likes Bitcoin so much, because if I hold a dollar, the expected return, unfortunately, because of the way the dollar works is actually negative. Like by just holding the dollar, I'm losing money. Apparently like what a strange concept. Well, you're not really like if you hold a dollar, you have a dollar and then it's always a dollar. The dollar's never going to change, but it's the value, so to speak of the dollars that's changing because of the manipulation, because of the printing, because of blah, 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 except compared to other currencies. <laughs> um, so that's the same thing with Bitcoin. Like one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin and there is no expected return. A sharp ratio is necessarily going to be some statistic that's comparing Bitcoin to values in dollars. 
And this is something that I'm trying to get away with. I'm trying to get away from get away with. I'm trying to get away from valuing Bitcoin in dollars, which is like this whole discussion that we kind of touched upon last week anyway. So the, 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 the second top, the first one was is Bitcoin brunch occult. But the second topic was. The hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, <laughs> okay. You're running 100 miles an hour right now. First of all, thank you for everyone for listening in. <laughs> we are jumping out the car, moving at 100 miles an hour and running into it. I just have one question for you, Prem. Would you prefer? It's the captain. <laughs> I don't really care. Captain, would you prefer people speaking about feet or about shit coins at Bitcoin Runch? Oh, man. Oh, that's so painful. Um, what's the sharp ratio on that? Okay. Well, so you know what, if, if we're talking about like, everyone's got feet, right? Like I've got two of them. Hmm. I mean, okay. Not everyone has feet. And to anyone who I offended by saying that because you don't have feet, I must apologize. You're doing good for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You got two feet. (laughs) All right. I got two feet. And so, you know, and, and, and I actually have flat feet which is something, you know, that'll come up at some point because, you know, the struggles with, with flat feet. Um, well, good thing it's not a flat earth. So, you know, a lot of people spend money on exercise, on gym equipment, on um, personal training. And some people focus their personal training on like foot correction, you know, like on, on enhancing your natural arches, on increasing the strength of your feet, on expanding the distance between the toes because the shoes have been squishing them. Um, so, you know, I would rather talk about feet than shit coins at Bitcoin brunch, but I don't want to talk about, you know, like what kind of feet do you have? That's that, I don't care. So do you have an Egyptian <laughs> foot or a Greek foot? <laughs> um, less common. Mongolian. <laughs> Yeah, so someone posted like a chart of the different kinds of feet and depending on what shape, like if, if this toe was longer than that toe, then you had this. And I mean, someone like me who's really interested in genetics and heredity, I just see that and I'm like, this is silliness. Like the Egyptians and the Greek are more likely to have similar feet than, you know, than people, let's say like someone from China or someone from like South Africa. So that whole chart was probably pretty racist in and of itself. Like just suggesting that the only, you know, let, let me pull it up. <laughs> let Don't me worry. see how racist Look this chart Look at your phone right was. now and you will see the uh, chart popping in front of you. Oh yeah. If, if you've got a modern podcast app, what yes. does that mean even? Oh yes. Newpodcastapps.com. Please check it out. So there are, okay. So, I mean, again, I started off with the premise that this is racist, this chart of the, of the feet. And I I pull it up. Look, so you got Egyptian, Roman, and Greek. So those are all like three Mediterranean cultures. Then you got German, Celtic, Orient. (laughs) Okay. So German is like, okay, that's, that's that could be a lot of places. Celtic, that could also be a lot of places. Orient. Where's that? Then there's African. To the East. So Orient. So you got like it's toward the sun. Huge amounts of the population are all just Orient. They all have the same kind of foot, apparently, in, in the Orient. In Africa, they all have the same kind of foot. The aboriginals all have the same kind of foot. Now, are aboriginals the same thing as like Native Americans? Now, here's an interesting one. The Norwegians have their own kind of foot. And then so do the Mongolians. So that's eight kind of feet. And if you're not one of them, you're a freak and we need to get rid of you. What's the difference between... Celtic, German, and then Norwegian. That one confuses me. 
Okay, so the Celtics... Because I would imagine Celtics are closer to the Germanic people. <laughs> are we really having a serious conversation? Again, I told you, this is a, a... You know, I mean... You're the one talking about feet, man. I'm trying to move <laughs> off that subject. I'm on the third subject already, and you're still talking about feet. I'm talking about shills in our midst. So tell me about the shills. And the persistence of disingenuous interlopers in otherwise non-combative space. In other words, stop messing up my meetup, guy. Yeah, I I definitely saw you were very triggered by that whole uh, exchange. <laughs> you were just like, you took a while to respond and then you just like a fucking cannon. Well, you know, um, I like to let people talk, but if you just, I don't know, I, I, as the king of that domain, since I created the chat room, yeah. I do feel as though I have the right and privilege to bring down my iron fist when I feel like it. Yeah, but you did really, really didn't. Did you kick him out or no? No. Who? Oh. I, I thought you were talking about Checo. Okay. So uh, see now there's so many discussions. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. So All right, you're next, talking about the guy who called Bitcoin brunch a cult and I did not kick him out. He left. All right. <laughs> so now we're, now we're talking about shills. Yeah. And so that is one shill because he's like a finance shill, but there are other shills who come to brunch and you know, I've been dealing with like a Bitcoin cash shill who's recently started transitioning into a Bitcoin SV shill. Yes. And it's, it's really frustrating because the second one, it's the same person. Okay. You said recently. <laughs> well, yeah, because they were originally a, a Bitcoin cash shill. And then over the last like month, I've just noticed this transition to Bitcoin SV. So I'm, I don't know what, that's about. I don't care. I don't want to talk about it, but we're talking about it because it just keeps showing up at Bitcoin brunch. You know, it's very frustrating. And then the problem is that I lose street cred because people are like, Oh, you know, captain brunch has shit coiners at the Bitcoin brunch. And I'm like, no, I didn't invite them. They just showed up. It was like, you know, you had a house party and then everyone in the neighborhood found out. And then, you know, suddenly all these weird people showed up and you're like, I didn't invite them. They just showed up. What am I supposed to do? Like tell them to leave. I guess I could, but that would be a little rude. Maybe it's, it's against my, my personality and my ethos to tell people to leave. Yeah. From an open space. I don't in my chat room. I don't care. I'll, I'll get rid of you if you're too much annoying or a bot. Yeah, I'm really strict about that. I like I try to screen everyone who comes in. <laughs> so there's one more thing I wanted to talk about before we brought Panda Man in. And so you should start um, like, if I don't know, talk, like see if you can get him on the line and ready to join our conversation. He should be because we're seven minutes late. <laughs> um, so. I wanted to talk about the transition to a new phone because I did bring up the idea of op like my open source journey last week. And uh, the transition to a phone is not quite that. Like, so I, you know, I, I bought the 6A, the Google Pixel 6A uh, from Texas Hodel. And I'm finally starting to use it. Like today, I, I've used it almost exclusively. I, I transferred most of my apps and most of my like uh, logins or data or whatever you do with the phones. Um, and you know, it's transitioning like devices is, it's like this whole thing. It's like a whole process. 
transitioning from one phone to another, like do all your contacts, did all your contacts get saved? Did some of them only get saved on the phone and they didn't all go to the cloud? So when you switched phones, they didn't all go to your new phone pictures. Like, do you have some pictures that are on your phone, but they didn't get backed up to like, like, so I use an Android device and you got Google photos. And then finally, as we all know, and by all, I mean, anyone who's listened religiously to this show, which is like two people, including chimp over here. Um, the transition from windows 8.1 to, to Linux is what I'm going to be doing in the near future. And so I wanted to talk about this and these other topics before Panda came on the show, because I think these are all things that he might have something he could say about, um, uh, what, what Linux do people out there recommend for a, a new, like, um, you know, I have a very limited Linux experience. And I'm going to be transitioning from a, a Windows gaming laptop, a Windows gaming desktop computer that has 8.1 to Linux. Someone suggested Ubuntu. Is that is that the right? Should I do that? Should I not do that? Um, someone, you know, like I think I've used Linux Mint before. Is that the right one? Should I do that? I want to do gaming, but it's not going to be my priority. Is there like a different Ubuntu for that? I mean, a different Linux. So if you listen to this episode and you know something about Linux operating systems and you have some kind of suggestion that you can make, you can go ahead and email. What's your email address? I don't have like a, oh a show email address yet. I should have like a show email address. Yes. Chimp at audio ghost Miami. Yeah, I should have a show. Email. I'll get, I'll get a show email address um, eventually, but you know, I'm primitive one on most of the social medias if you needed to get in contact with me for some reason. Um, and you could definitely boost your favorite uh, Linux distribution if you were so inclined and you happen to be listening on a modern podcast app from newpodcastapps.com. Um, the only places you can listen live are Podverse and Curiocaster. I had my first experience listening to a live podcast yesterday with uh, Podcasting 2.0. Um, you messaged me while I was at work and then I happened to have Podverse installed on my phone and I, you know, like looking at Podverse, you can't immediately really tell what you're supposed to do, but there's a, there's a search bar <laughs> on, on the, in the app and it's like right there, but it's not really obvious that it's a search bar and that it's right there. But so I, I, I typed in the show and I was able to catch it live and I boosted, I did make a boost and my boost got on the show. It feels good. Do, do, do you have, can you, uh, you can play it because I put it in our little, our little shared folder. So if you were to pull it up, you would be able to play this. I, I boosted 104,000 Satoshis, which is like 20 bucks or something to this show. And, um, you know, they, they read it, they read it live on their show while I was at work. And that made me so actually, I didn't catch it while I was at work because, um, I was at work, so I kept getting distracted and having to pay attention to work things. But it made me feel good that uh, to hear Adam Curry breeze through my boost. Uh, and says, uh, de-douche me, or er, I mean, keep up the great work. Podcasting 2.0 and impending pimps will change free entertainment forever. Free as in freedom. I welcome all to check out the live podcast I do with my buddy Chimp called Saturday Night Lit. We're Bitcoin only and 2.0 compliant, but not yet certified. Cough, cough. Show starts at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on your favorite live compatible podcast player or stream. 
dot uh, audio ghost dot Miami. Yes, we're from Miami. If you are too, get in touch, fellow swamp yeah. thing. <laughs> so yeah, um, that you know. Uh, so what I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be promoting the show more and more on other podcasts. It's a great feeling to to respond to someone you know as um, as something is happening. You know, like ask a question or just like have a comment. And then you hear that little pew, pew, like <laughs> 15 seconds later. Yeah. And so my vision for this podcast, like, let's say, you know, in a few months from now, after we've been doing it consistently and, and then starting to promote it, build an audience, market it, is that we're going to be getting a bunch of those throughout the show that'll just give us something, you know, like funny or interesting to talk about as we're going along. Let's also talk about like the numerology. You, you, you boosted how many? 104,000. So it was the um, episode 104. Nice. And, and so just like with this show, right? So this this is episode two. I'm theoretically have like a, a 2,000 Satoshi minimum. So if you want to like boost the show and get your message read, it's got to be at least 2,000 Satoshis. Wow. Which is super cheap. Yes. It's super cheap. <laughs> and so, you know, like it's going to go up very gradually. So, I mean, imagine like if the Bitcoin price holds, then by the time we're at episode 100, that's 100,000 sats. That's like 20 bucks. That's not a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, but we always, of course, reserve the right to like express any content we want. So if someone wrote us a letter and then we found it interesting, of course, I mean, it doesn't matter if you paid us or not. If you, f if it was something interesting, we can always talk about it. So anyways, we got, um, we got our special guest ready to come in. And so we're going to be pulling him in as soon as the internet allows us to do it. I'm really excited and really happy to have again on our show, who I think is going to be a, an ongoing special feature, uh, the man with a plan for the future of Armageddon and other financial calamities. His name is Panda Man. <laughs> hey, Panda, you hear me? Hey, guys. What up? What's going on? Tell me, how's the weather? Wow. The weather is actually beautiful. <laughs> to be honest with you, right now it's very beautiful. It's been beautiful here over here too. Yeah, yesterday just, was super nice. All the like humidity is gone. It's just like this beautiful dry air and it's just lovely. But imagine Panda as though someone was listening to us from China and they got all that Chai Com news and they have no idea what's going on here in the West. What, what happened in the last week over there near where you, where are you by the way? I'm in Southwest Florida. So we had a hurricane. I guess it was category four, almost a category five. And it basically hugged the coast from like Naples all the way up to like Port Charlotte area. So we got, if you were living probably within a couple miles of the, of the Gulf, you got hammered really bad. Yeah, it looked pretty bad. That was a direct hit into that Port Charlotte area. It's crazy. Yeah, I was up, I was up there helping a friend put a tarp on uh, on his roof in Port Charlotte today, and it looked like a war zone. But, like every other house had a tarp or a roof waiting to get pulled. Wow. I mean, I saw power lines everywhere. They were turned off, thank God. Um, buildings just like walls caved in, walls pushed out. 
you know, people with the gated communities, they have those concrete walls just knocked over for like hundreds of yards. Jeez. I have a friend over there, um, rather they have a, a storage unit. I hope that survived <laughs> in the Port yeah. Orange area, actually Port Orange. Oh my God. And how are but, you? Uh, how are you? This was your, what, first hurricane, right? Yes, this was my first hurricane. Um, as probably many people know, I'm a, a political and economic refugee from the People's Republic of Illinois. And uh, this was, I mean, I to be honest with you, Wednesday, there was so much energy in the air. It was crazy. Like... I got really jacked up, like just like just full of energy when this thing kept and it just kept on growing and growing and growing. And then um, the last couple of days, it was like I finally decompressed. Um, Did you experience any kind of like fear or confusion or like at any point were you unsure about what was going to happen? Well, it was the unknown, right? I'd never been through a hurricane. Um, you see the, the video and all the stuff on TV. Um, you know, I was concerned about if I had to evacuate, um, you know, flooded roads, you know, water, what would I do? Um, there was some fear, some excitement too. Um, but it was just crazy. The, the day of the hurricane and the energy and then seeing the buildup in like, like the, the dragonflies, like we're on the screen, like in a corner, like with their wings closed. And like, there was no birds around here. Like you don't hear, you didn't hear any noise except wind. Yeah. It was the strangest thing. It's, it's two, it, you keep saying energy and you're absolutely right. It's two things. It's people going crazy. First of all, the news, the preparation and the anticipation, but then you have just nature itself. Like driving around or walking around before a storm, you feel mother earth just fucking raw energy it's nuts dude you feel it in the in the wind oh man it's a really crazy feeling yeah i mean i was really jacked up and it's a it build it build i was more jacked up well so at a certain point i mean do you kind of did you kind of feel like okay i'm gonna be okay but this is freaking crazy like what's going on right outside yeah, when it got to like like five six o'clock our time, it was like full crazy. That's on Thursday. And I'm right? like, okay, this was Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Okay. Oh yeah. man, five six a.m. or p.m. No p.m. No five six o'clock p.m. Yeah, in the Evening. afternoon. And when did the power go out? I lost power at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh jeez. And did you have like? And I didn't get power. I'm sorry, go ahead. And I was going to ask if you had a generator or something ready to go. No, I didn't have a generator. I did not have a generator. So, I mean, if you, you, if you, you want to know, lost, how, yeah, tell us, tell us. You want to know how I hedged my bets? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had three neighbors to have generators. So, I mean, I didn't open up the fridge. I've dealt with power out. I did, I did power outages, you know, up north. I've had it, you know, 36 hours. Whoa. It was the longest, or 48 hours. But um, I knew the game. Don't open the fridge. You know, hopefully it comes back on, right, or in freezer too. 
and I put ice packs and water bottles in the freezer to try to keep it everything. And it worked. It lasted about 30 hours before I opened up the freezer and it was still pretty solid in there. Nice. So the water bottles, like fill up every empty space with water bottles. And I had a whole bunch of ice packs and that seemed to work. Um, but to hedge my bets, I, I, you know, I had some gas, gas cans. So I filled those up. So I had a full tank of gas and I had three gas cans. I'm like, I don't know how bad, you know, and I need gas, whatever. If I have to leave, you know, head to Miami, <laughs> you know, I got enough, have enough gas to, uh, to drive without stopping anywhere. Or barter right? some At gas, least on you know? side. <laughs> Well, that's what I did. <laughs> there you go. Cause all of them were like, you know, like they got, they had some gas and they're like, you know, they're like after about 24 hours, after about midnight, everybody started putting their generators on. But like by five o'clock on Thursday, you know, you know, we started you know talking to the neighbors and they're like, "Oh, do you got gas?" I'm like, "Yeah, I got gas." <laughs> you know, and they'd be like, "Hey, let me let me let me put some stuff in your freezer." So it's you know, let me you know. So I I split up split up most of my uh, frozen stuff and grocery stuff between three neighbors because I had the gas. So it sounds the like keys of the yard. it sounds like a lot of people had generators in the area. So on that Wednesday evening, the power went out around four. When the sun went down, was did you see more of like a darkness? Um, was there less light pollution, or did you not get that effect? Oh yeah, yeah. Thursday and f- Thursday night, the, the stars were like a hundred times more brilliant than they they are normally. Um, Wednesday night, no, you didn't really see because the clouds were still around. There was a lot of cloud cloud mm-hmm. cover, and there was still rain. Well, but Thursday night, the cl- the stars were like tremendous. Now, Panda Man, let me ask you: when you were like negotiating with your neighbors about you know your fridge real estate and uh, gasoline distribution, did that did that kind of feel like a little bit like Armageddon? No. <laughs> did at any point did you offer Bitcoin? No. <laughs> Definitely not. Bitcoin's no. for a rainy day, not for a hurricane. <laughs> so Panda, I gotta ask I you. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, so you know, I hate to beat a dead horse, but you know, what's uh what's your take on the whole feet discussion? Would you rather talk about feet or shitcoin? <laughs> Art's posting uh, puppy feats on the Telegram chat right now. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, you got to, you know, you have a community, right? Everybody, you got to look at well, like a lot, what a lot of people have gone on. Even on your side, you guys got hit by this hurricane. You know, people got flooded, tornadoes, you know, the ants seem plus the news. So, like, sometimes, like, some stupid topic will come up. And everybody will just jump on it because it's funny at that moment. And then the, the group, you know, like, you know, me, Jay and Nat, you know, it, it just makes the bonds tighter a little bit in the group. Does it make sense? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. But but am I am I a dick for like not <laughs> allowing it to continue this morning? I would say no. Nah, yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I mean, it ran it ran overnight. You know, it was at night. And, and you know, the um, conversation's still there if anyone wants to go back and, like, look at people's feet. 
And I'm going to stick them in the chapter notes. That's for sure. So, so the funny thing is, um, during that whole thing, I had, <laughs> I had clicked on the picture of feet and it's on my big 32 inch monitor. And then, you know, like, Oh, I had, to, I had something else to do. And then my friend came, uh, we're getting ready to court and he walks in there's just a picture of feet on the monitor <laughs> he's like what the fuck is wrong with you like oh shit the feet let me turn that off <laughs> it's not that weird it's like you know what kind of feet do you have no. so panda what kind of feet did you have do you remember i have roman feet oh <laughs> uh, roman from illinois to florida yeah okay one more question yeah um what distribution of Linux should I install on my desktop? I guess maybe look at Mints if you've tried it and you kind of, you know, if you like it, you know, just go for it. Are they all just like different shells, like just different ways of doing like the same stuff? Like something's more accessible? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The Unix kernel is the Unix kernel. It's just the interface to the human being. I mean... You know, all a computer does all these wonderful things, blah blah blah. But really, it's just how to how do you make the interface so people can understand it, right? You know, like you know, a lot of stuff like you know, IP addressing. You know, people can't remember, you know, a series of numbers with dots between, and you know, Google dot com, <laughs> Telegram, or stream dot audio goes dot Miami. All right. <laughs> Or having to, you know, uh, code, you know, nobody wants to code. Even though I think uh, kids should learn how to code. That should be like one of the things they teach in schools. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, other than wanting to destroy all the schools, I agree with that notion. So Panda, we're going to be wrapping this conversation up shortly. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Any shout outs, any uh, name drops, anything? Uh, I just wanted to talk some Bitcoin with you guys. I miss you guys. I wish I could get out to brunch more, but I mean, uh, you know, I think, I think there's some, some more potential downside, but we're coming to the end of this bear market. You think? I think so. I mean, the, the amount of whole coiners has grown. More coins are off exchanges. They're not going back on exchanges. Um, you know, I view, especially with all that's going on in the in the regular stock market and stuff like that, there's going to be a liquidity crunch. There's going to be margin calls, like for energy. Like they're talking a, a 1.5 trillion dollars in margin calls um, in uh, energy in Europe this this winter. You know, that money's going to come from somewhere. Um, you know, the euro. They're doing some inflating. Uh, the pound, they've changed their tune uh, for more quantitative easing now because their pension system was going to fail. Um, that's why the, the, the pound is up a little bit. Um, there's an emer uh, emergency Fed meeting on Monday. So, and they're talking about the credit markets and uh, corporate debt is really getting under pressure right now. Well, so since you brought it up and you think the end, so when you say the end of the bear market, I mean, do you mean the end of the Bitcoin bear market or the general bear market? And then how much worse can it the get? Bitcoin, the, bear card, the Bitcoin bear market. How much worse um, can the general economy get? I mean, things are pretty crazy right now. Oh, it can get a lot worse. 
I mean, down here in Florida, there's already going to be supply chain issues. I mean, like, you know, the gas stations, the gas lines were a mile. Cops are running the gas stations because people are already fighting. You oh, know? yeah. Um, you know, like, all that lumber. Think about it, all that. There was $80 billion worth of damage down over here. All that lumber has got to come from somewhere. The just, asphalt tiles for the roof. And just distribution, distribution in general. I, w- I went to Walmart on Friday and there was fucking shelves empty. No eggs, no milk, no nothing. And it was, it was crazy. Like, you know, like one little thing happens and just everything gets knocked o- o- all over the place. I need my eggs, man. Yeah, the, yeah everything. They were limiting meat purchases, you know, no bread. Um, I mean, but uh, it's just a simulation. It's just, there's just so much crap going on right now that, you know, Bitcoin's like a bearer asset. You know, if you self custody, no one can claim it's yours. Nobody can margin call it. Nobody can, you know, uh, like it, as a bank, you know, bail-ins or, you know, bailouts or you, you know, you buy into the bank that's failing with your, or, you know, your money in the bank. Um, I mean, that's coming. Uh, also the Nord Stream bombing doesn't matter. It's, it's an attack on a critical infrastructure. Um, it's an act of war. You know, is it the United States do it? Who knows? They had Putin, you know, he's, he's standing up. He's standing for himself. He's ready to go. <laughs> I mean, I just... Markets, you know, gas energy is going to get expensive for the Europe. You know, a lot of people up north, especially natural gas, you know, so things will fail. Credit systems will fail. But Bitcoin will just keep on going block by block. I see, I see it as like a life. I see it as a lifeboat. <laughs> I see it as a lifeboat bearer asset that nobody can say, you know, it's like, fuck you. That's mine. You know? Nobody could tell you. I'm sorry if I, I can't swear, but no, it doesn't um, matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. with Bitcoin, its possession is ten tenths yeah, of as reality. Long, as long as you have your keys, you're good. Code That's is it. law. Um, well, so Panda Man, again, I really want to thank you for coming on today. Uh, you brought up a lot of interesting topics, especially right there at the end. We're going to talk a little bit more about the situation in Russia when we get back. We're going to go on a little break right now. We're going to play a piece of original music. Again, thank you, Panda Man, for coming on Saturday Night Lit. All right. You guys have a good night. Bye. Peace.
This is Saturday Night Lit, and that was another original production. Yeah, that's actually from earlier today, not even like five hours ago, six hours ago. Tell us more. Sure. It was just a jam with some people I've jammed in the past, and we haven't done it in forever, so it was nice to get a little place to record and just put the little recorder on and just play. So it was a lot of fun. It was a nice spot. Um, we actually used to go there back in the day. It was um, once known as, as SFRS, South Florida Recording Studios. If, if you recall, there was like... I remember the place, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting, not, 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 not a lot of people know, but um, in that area in North Miami, there used to be a, a very big uh, recording district, actually, for, for, uh, for music, for a lot, a lot of different things. So there's a lot of recording studios, old ones in the area, and there's still some there for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, if I, rem- if I understood correctly, that's where like a lot of, a lot of the big albums that came out of Miami were produced in that area. Yes. And so like those big studios are still there. Uh, we just don't know about them because they don't have any kind of fancy outside or, or anything like that. They're- yeah. A lot of them are in, in, you know, in like, um, storage units. This sp- particular spot, though, they sold it. Um, it was, I think, back in 2016, 2017, it was sold to uh, uh, someone else. And now it's just like a general recording place. Not, not even recording, just um, they call it music turista, um, tourist in Spanish. So they're, they're trying to get people who are... Hobbyists? Not hobby, yeah, hobbyists for sure, but also people who are on the road and they need to practice for the day. Uh-huh. For, for the show tonight. So they ran out of place for a couple of hours. Well, that's interesting. I didn't think of it that way. And there's also like a big room for, you know, ballet and stuff like that. That's that room all the way at the end of the hallway, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because, you know, all the old stuff is still there uh, from, uh, from, from the old owners. There's still the um, Gabe's and Nick's guitars on the wall. <laughs> you remember those crazy guitars they made? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. All the old pictures. So, but the place is like real nice that they definitely um, kept it up and made it even a little better. So I definitely recommend anyone who wants to go practice and you don't have a place place to go, check it out. Are they paying you? They should be, <laughs> but I'll be there again for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, that's something that we've always kind of been concerned about as musicians is like finding good places to practice, good places to play, good places to rehearse, good places to record. Um, and finding a place that's like worth the money because some places like they charge you and it's like, well, this isn't any better than I could have done this like in my apartment. Why did I come here and pay them money to do it? You know, usually, I mean, you'd hope that maybe they'd have some kind of equipment in the room, maybe, maybe some kind of sound deadening. Um, no surprise. There's actually like a nice little bass amp and stuff in guitar. So, well, that's cool. Um, you know, something that we would, and eventually, I mean, you know, we're still in the growing pains of this show. Um, figuring out how to produce a show. Eventually, we want to get a lot more like local original music. We know some musicians from our own participation in the music scene, but uh, we'll meet new ones too. And, you know, I don't know how, like, like in, in terms of what is the show about, it's kind of hard to answer that question really specifically because it's it, as pathetic and juvenile as it is this is a form of self-expression and uh and so eventually we'll find maybe some theme or pattern that 
like predominates. But for now, it's just we're just fiddling around and we've got different things that interest us. And we're trying to find ways to to incorporate all of them into the program, which is why, like, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to have these original recordings. I think it's it's something different. I don't think most shows bother with playing original music. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> so uh, did you, were you finally going to say something? Well, I would say um, depending if there's a community that's contributing, I, I've definitely listened to a, a couple of different shows where, um, and not even just no agenda, but like uh, uh, other shows as well, where the, um, the, the actual listeners will put out, will um, produce music just for the show. For instance, Behind the Schemes has um, a really cool song jingle for their um, for their call-in s- segment, and it's it's really well done. And you know, it it, it wasn't by the guys um, Booberry or Lavish, but it was done by um, Mary Kay Ultra, and it's just really cool. It's really well done. But you're right; most podcasts do not have that same mindset. And I think it's something that. It, it adds a, a, a certain kind of personality or a, an intimacy, I think, to it that you're not going to get from a traditional commercial venture. Um, so as Panda Man kind of started uh, getting into, and I wanted to bring up again, uh, you know, he mentioned the Nord Stream pipeline um, apparently getting attacked or something like that. And I don't know a lot of the details about that, but really the only thing I wanted to say, um, so... Russia went to war with Ukraine and there are several territories that were a part of Ukraine that apparently just had a vote to become parts of the Russian Federation. So now Russia has annexed, for lack of a better term, these different territories. And in response to that, apparently then Biden goes on the TV and says, you know, that that we will defend NATO territory and we will not, you know, we will not stand for any NATO territory being attacked, which just makes me like, I don't think that Russia is going to attack NATO territory. However, if NATO were to decide to let Ukraine become a part of NATO and they're already in a war, then it seems like that would just like totally be world war three. Yeah. Like they're kind of, kind of egging it on, you know, like, Oh yeah, they're not going to attack. Oh, but let's make Ukraine NATO again. Now. Yeah. Now they're already attacking. Exactly. So they're just kind of changing the definition, not the definition, but the, um, the goalpost. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that, you know, so that just freaks me out. And and I I mean, I don't want to obsess over the topic, but if this is world war three happening, it's definitely something I'm going to bring up. Now didn't, uh, didn't, part of uh was it crimea or something a vote back in like 2016 for the same thing yeah so there's actually been a few instances yeah. of this so there was um crimea and then there was also in georgia there were a couple of territories that that seceded from georgia and be- became part of the russian federation yeah the way it usually works is that um I guess that they'll hold a referendum saying, okay, we want to be independent of Ukraine. And then Russia will say, okay, well, we are recognizing their independence. So they will send troops to like defend the territory to defend the, the integrity of this new independent structure. And then they will vote later on to join the Russian Federation. 
I don't exactly understand what that means to join the Russian Federation. I mean, the way that people talk about it here in the West is it's like they're basically joining uh, the USSR. Um, and maybe that is essentially what it is. I don't know. Uh, the, the, the willingness or the the looseness with which we describe Russia as communist in 2022 confuses the hell out of me because then it makes me wonder like, so just, is communism an actual ideology then that has to do with economics and property? Or is it just some word that we use to describe people we don't like? The boogeyman. Because I, I just don't, I mean, Soviet Russia is done. Like that system doesn't exist anymore. And obviously people who are alive during that time, there are many people who are still alive and, but, but it's not this, I I just, I don't understand. I don't know. You know, it's, it's a weird like jingoism in one hand because it, it's like by, by minimizing Russia, calling them communist or calling them like, you know, they're trying to reestablish the, 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 the Soviet union or the, the Russian empire. And it's just, it's like a, as if they aren't something today and establishing something new today. It, it's just, I don't know. It's myopic. So uh, that's all I really wanted to say. Yeah, I think it's just great powers claiming different lands for resources, whatever th- they may be. So oh, I did think of something else I wanted to say. So because of the first thing that I thought of when I saw this video of Biden saying, we will defend all NATO territory. Was that, well, so is he kind of inviting Russia to invade any other non-NATO countries? He's like, okay, you know what? So go ahead and fill in all the gaps. That kind of, that was my first reaction was like, because there's some part of me that thinks that the United States and Russia are working together on this whole thing. Like this whole thing is just a big plot to what in to screw us over like the people. That's, that's the end, you know, like the, the powerful get more powerful. They consolidate more, you know, like more countries become fewer countries or whatever. Um, you know, like it, Ukraine gets smaller, Russia gets bigger, right? And that helps Russia, right? So that like that's kind of what I'm, you know, I don't know. How does that help the U.S.? Well, I mean, so my hypothesis in this line of thinking, and I'm not suggesting that this is reality, but this is just one narrative that I'm entertaining as life goes on, is that the United States doesn't want Europe strong. They want Europe divided. They want it to be a bunch of small countries. The United States wants to be able to control Europe. So Europe as a unified group is a you know, it's, it's something to defend against the United States. They can defend against our interests. So by embroiling them in this war, by weakening them through this energy crisis, by forcing them to like dedicate so much of their time and energy to concerning themselves with Ukraine as opposed to their own personal problems, which as we've been talking about, they're going to be dealing with very soon. I don't know. That seems to help the United States because who's going to save them? Not Russia. So Russia gets stronger by taking over this land and and destabilizing the whole, you know, uh, Western side of their territory. And the United States gets stronger by weakening Europe and making Europe dependent on us again, like World War II all over again. While China's in in Africa, building up investments over there. Yeah, (laughs) getting ready to invade Taiwan or whatever the case might be, you know. 
Um, yeah, well, we will we will definitely be talking about the play by play as new events occur to change circumstances. And we'll have to get a jingle too. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> um, how many more musical clips do you have for today? Uh, I got a two minute 41 and a 56 second one. Why don't you play the 56 second one now? Give us a little a little reprieve and I got another topic to bring up. You got it, dude. Thanks. Outsiders. Like the book? I don't really wear a jacket. <laughs> um, I'd like one. I think when I wrote the question, I meant to Bitcoin culture. Oh, and, I definitely am. And then should we be insiders? Mm, I don't know how to answer that second one, but I'm definitely an outsider. Because this is a Bitcoin only podcast. Oh, you know, the- we're on the value for value model. Um, you know, so in some ways, like we're at the cutting edge of Bitcoin culture. I mean, there are vi- like other than, I guess, um, podcasting 2.0 and then what other what other um, lit podcasts do you know of? Um, no agenda. I mentioned behind the schemes. Is no agenda lit already? Yeah, they're okay. always lit. They just. Actually, no, maybe not. Uh-huh. Okay. Think what's next? What else? Yeah. Then? Podcasting 2.0. Um, I mentioned behind the schemes. Uh, what's what are they called? Um not bowls with buds. Buds with bowls? <laughs> bowls and buds? It's a it's a weed podcast, right? <laughs> um, oh my god. So the reason why I bring this <laughs> up, bunch. right? It's okay. If you There's think of it later, we can mention them. Um and I'm happy to mention other lit casts because so we're literally at the cutting edge. Of big, we're at the avant-garde of Bitcoin culture in terms of podcasting. The majority of Bitcoin podcasts are on services like Anchor. You know, there are it's it's sad, and yeah, out of like the four million podcasts podcasts that the index has indexed, only like a couple hundred thousand actually update in the last like thirty days, ninety days. Yeah, one of them was <laughs> not. Primecast, <laughs> which uh, I will eventually bring back eventually. Um, but yeah, so, you know, all these other podcasts, all these famous podcasters, like famous Bitcoin podcasters and personalities and influencers, like none of them are lit. So I'm okay with being an outsider because we're trying to do things like the most Bitcoin way possible. And these other people they just want your Bitcoin, but they don't care about being Bitcoin. So we don't just talk the talk. We walk the walk. <laughs> because um, we're live? <laughs> yes, because we're live and we only accept Bitcoin and we don't have, oh, and we don't have 
ads. You know, I got to I don't know if I brought this up before, but like these other podcasts, these Bitcoin podcasts that take ads, do they take ads? Are they getting paid in Bitcoin or are they getting paid in dollars? And does, I don't, you know, it might not matter because they're taking ads and they should go to hell for that anyways. <laughs> I'm going to go to hell when I well, do. I'm going to do a show eventually that has ads on it. And then I'm going to be like, I should go to hell for this. Should we start a club? And by that, I mean a chat room or a forum. Oh yeah, for sure. Eventually we need to have at least, five listeners <laughs> how many how many how many people do we need to have before we start a club in school i think it was three i think you needed to have three people and then a sponsor teacher to sign your forms i was never in a club so i have no idea uh, well i was in a lot of clubs a lot of clubs i was an overachiever um what you know what service do you want to use um uh, for chat or for like a forum i mean do we want both do we want do, do we only want one or the other? What, what, what do you feel? I don't know. I mean, a forum would require upkeep, so that's more work. Well, we could... Well, yeah, that's true. If we had 10 people, though, we could make one of them a moderator. Sure, but, you know, until we get there. Okay, so... I think a chat would be a good start. So you heard it here first. We're going to start a chat room for Saturday Night Lit any day now. Are we going to start this chat room on Discord? Telegram, like what? What I mean, talk to me. I mean, if we want to stay with the, you know, we are Bitcoin, <laughs> we are value for value. Um, the Discord wouldn't be that, but but neither would Telegram, would it? Yeah, well, I mean, we can integrate. Like there are Sat bots and Wallet bots and things that you can integrate both into Telegram or into Discord. But that's just a new I'm, hobby, right? I'm fine using Discord. I mean. I like Discord too. Maybe we could do like a, I don't know, because I've been wanting to do one for Bitcoin brunch as well. So I got a question for you, Chimp. Do we need to justify value for value? And then the follow-up question is, what if we never make any money? Do we need to justify value for value? Yeah, that was my question. I don't understand it. Is the grammar bad? Like, what is there to justify about value for value? Like, you mean versus, oh, why do you do value, value, value for value versus other methods like subscribing or uh, taking ads? Subscribe to my Patreon. Patreon oh. subscribers get special episodes. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, exactly. You know, we could take ads. We could be selling a Patreon subscriber list. Um you know, we could get jobs. We already have jobs. We could, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, but, but it has to do with that second question though. What if we never make any money, right? Um, because if we pick the another business model, right? Not that this is a business per se, but if we picked another business model, then we would have like specific actions we would have to do. Like if it was an advertiser model, then we would have to talk to advertisers. Like all of that just sounds like too much work that I don't oh, want to do. I know. Right? I don't want to. <laughs> Like, like Adam Curry says he hates taking meetings, right? Mm, yeah. Me too. But really, like, I mean, that's what I'd like. I mean, really, you don't need to justify it, but you do need a pitch to make value for value more effective. Okay. Well, what do we, we got to work on our pitch. We need a yes. jingle. We need like a jingle. Um, it would it maybe if like a jingle of a sound of like a bunch of coins falling from the sky, It would that like be clear enough? 
<laughs> this is your cue to boost. Yeah, right. Oh man, did we get any boost today? This is so sad. I thought you meant like a, like like a little song when you, when you said jingle. Yeah, we could put a song with it. That I would prefer. Yeah, no boost. Oh, so sad. So we got no one listening on a a podcasting 2.0 compatible device. It just breaks my heart. Yeah, I don't really care. Am I going to have to boost myself again? <laughs> I don't really care either, but that's the, that had to do with that question of what if we never make any money? And I think we kind of answered this before and we'll answer it again until... Well, we, when you started brunch, were you sad that no one would come at first? Or if no one ever showed up? Yeah, not really. Exactly. To me, it was kind of a... Not, but the difference is that if no one listens to us, we can't read a book. Whereas if no one showed up to brunch, I could read a book. <laughs> like for this hour and a half that we're here, we're So here. you're saying reading a book is more valuable than sitting here and talking to me? Wow. You really had to go there. No, that's not what I'm saying. Value for value, right? <laughs> so uh, uh, what you're doing right now, is it valuable or not? Yeah, I, it's valuable. I get to hang out with Chimp. I get to practice my podcasting skills. Um, I, I, I get to... Uh, I get to further normalize my life by having a constant schedule that's not subject to the whims of social pressure. And you get to press colorful buttons on your roadcaster. Yeah, which eventually, you know, this roadcaster's got these eight pads that I can program to do different sounds and effects and functions. And so eventually I will do that with those. Any day now. <laughs> yeah, but in the meantime, um, so was my Boostagram too long? So we played it earlier, and man, I totally screwed it up by having you play it earlier. You said it was too long. Yes, it was way too long. And you know what? Now that I listened to it with you on here, yeah, it was too long. So I'm going to try to be a little more conscious when I Boostagram a show. I had 500 characters. I was at work. I was like, I was just kind of like stumbling. I'm like, I got I to gotta get this out, and it's got to be perfect, and... and uh, 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 Uses every character possible. Oh, what yeah. Do you, what do you do at work if you're sitting around listening to podcasts and sending boosts? Well, you know, when you're in a blue collar job, there's a lot of times where, you know, like you swung a hammer and then you're going to wait 30 seconds before you swing it again. I don't know what to tell you. You can't you can't be turning wrenches eight hours. You know, you can only do it for like four and then you need to take like a four hour break. Hmm. Can't argue with that. Yeah, that's at least blue collar work in the United States. <laughs> Definitely doesn't work like that in other countries. Um, did I already? What is a podcast? How many times have I asked this question? Enough. Yeah. Um, but what is a root post of a podcast? You mean the, um, the cross app comments? No. No. What's a root post? Something to do with live. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So. So that's one of the other uh, tags. And basically, if the app supports it, um, it it'll show that root post on, uh, in this case, it's on Mastodon. And it'll show what root post? You still didn't explain what it was. What is the root post? So I'll just go on Mastodon and I'll put, I'll, this is the root post. And it's just linking to that post. And then anyone who replies to that post. Everyone who replies to that post what? It'll show up on your podcast app. How? Like on a comment section? Yeah, basically. Oh, man. So on a modern podcast player, it will... Sh I want to I see this. How would I see this? 
you'll have to show me later. Yes. So apparently you could you can have cross app comments. I didn't know that they already implemented it. Yeah, um I think it's limited to Activity Pub, which is what Mastodon, you know, the um, what master the what Mastodon uses the I guess the um, the open source tech behind it. You could also use Twitter. I'm not too sure, but yeah, it's there. Um, then you know, I, what? I'm not a programmer, but I've definitely tried to look more at the actual podcasting 2.0. I guess the namespace, uh, the actual documentations on GitHub, and trying to understand more of these tags and how they work. So, hopefully, I, I want to impl- be able to implement all of them. Well, do you have any implemented this week that you didn't have implemented last week? No. So is there anything different from this week in terms of the setup versus last week? Did you do anything to the RSS feed? Well, in terms of live, no, because it's just live. But I've been focusing more on chapters, uh, understanding how that works and and being able to post that. At one point, I for some reason, chapters weren't appearing on Podverse, but they were appearing on, on all the other apps like Curocaster, Fountain, um, Castomatic. And I finally figured it out. It was just one part of the tag was missing where some apps, it didn't bother them. It was like, okay, even though that part's missing, it's still read it. We'll assume it's a JSON file. Mm-hmm. Podverse, no, it, it, it has to have that second part or else it just complete doesn't read it at all. So that's kind of interesting. That is interesting. And so the, the chapters thing, how does that work? So I understand the concept is that we're taking the file of the podcast and then we're splitting it up into a bunch of sections that we're going to call chapters. Where do these chapters live? Like what is the file that remembers where the chapters are? Where does that file live? Like- so the, the actual MP3 file is not affected at all. Mm-hmm. And so that's the nice part because you could update the chapters and untouch, not touch the, the, the actual um, MP3. MP3 file. And it's just links to uh, basically a text file, but it's called a JSON. It's, it's JavaScript object notation. It's just a, a, a different thing. And it just describes so chapter one, start time, title. Does it have a URL? Does it have an image it links to? And that just lives, that file lives on a server. So the podcast app looks, oh, is there a chapter? Okay, cool. And so this is where that file is that describes the chapters. Where is that file? On my server, on my cloud server. I so, the, so, but is that separate from your podcast? Like, so is it separate from the server that's hosting the MP3 file? Or no, it happens. It, could they be different? Do you know? Yeah. Because it's just pointing to something. Exactly. And so like all these different sections, like, so the, the chapters would be one section. What about transcripts? Have you looked into that at all yet? I want to, um, but I have not, but it's, it's the same concept. It was just, there's a link. It just links to a, 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 a transcript file. I was actually thinking about doing it myself, but I don't have that much free time. <laughs> oh, of transcribing the whole episode? Yeah, it's oh kind of it sounds kind of fun to me to be honest, but it sounds kind of fun to him. I mean, you, I listen to the episode anyway. Yeah. But this would require I mean, can you type that fast? Yeah, I used to transcribe. Okay. I can't type that fast. I would have to, I would have to like keep rewinding and rewinding. Oh yeah, you have to, you have to. Oh, well, I mean, that just sounds like (laughs) torture to me. (laughs) Like, I mean, I'll rewind something if I want to make sure I heard it right or if I want to hear it again because it was really spectacular, but just to make sure I'm typing the right words, that would drive me crazy. And I, you know, I've done something like that before, but not too much. I mean, 
you know, we have our short-term memory that can hold up to like a minute or so of information of sound. So as long as you, it's, it's intelligible, you'll be able to just like type and go, and then you want to just go back real fast, press a button that goes back two seconds just to make sure you, you typed it right. Yeah. And then of course, depending on how fast people are talking, because I don't think that my speed of, of talk is constant. Sometimes I talk faster. Sometimes I talk slower, depending on whatever the case may be. So I definitely think, um, yeah, it depends on how far along the, the drug trip is, right? No, that's not at all what I was going for. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have to look into um, transcriptions, uh, different uh, services for AI. And I definitely don't mind paying for that. It was just fun to have. Now, you have to pay for the AI one? I would imagine it's, you know, unless you want like a shitty, like what would they do? <laughs> It'd be funny, but I don't know. Yeah, I got to wonder, like, it, I mean, I, I would, if I was paying for it, I feel like I would, I would rather pay a person. There's, the, there's those where someone transcribes it by ear, but then there's other ones where the AI does most of the transcribing and then a person edits it. Yeah. I can, and that, that's probably industry standard these days anyways. Mm -hmm. Like there's probably the AI probably has a certain level of confidence throughout the recording. And I would guess that like, okay, as long as it's got a 90% confidence, I'm not going to, but if it's, if it's below 90, I'll go and I'll make sure that it got it right or fix it or whatever the case might be. Like if it was a, Oh, it's only got a 30% confidence that in this section it was, you know, like I would assume it must work something like that. I can't, I don't, I don't know about maybe, maybe we can get comic strict blogger to, <laughs> to uh, come on the show and AI explain AI working. to us. <laughs> oh, we got to get him to boost us. This, you know, good luck. Oh, and he also, I, I uh, commissioned a piece of art from him. Yeah, where is that? I will get it in the chapter. It will be in the chapter. Uh, it will be the chapter art will be this this image that he created. So I don't remember what the story was, but he was like, someone send me 5,000 and I'll draw you a picture. And I was like, okay, I'll send you 5,000 Satoshis for a picture. And so I sent him 5,000 Satoshis and I said, um, okay, so I want me, but with a captain's hat and I'm telling a chimp that he better get to work or all the, or all the Bitcoin are going to disappear. I would actually want like a chimp carrying a barrel of, 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 of sats or just like falling off the side. Well, yeah, that's funny. And we can, you know, maybe commission someone else to do that. Uh, so he, he did my little panel and he didn't put the captain's hat on it. Ah. So I spelled hat H-T. I've, I, somehow the A slipped. And I don't know if he actually speaks English or not. Um, and maybe, and, and I don't know if that matters, but apparently like my not having the A in there made him like, he didn't know what I meant by that. So he didn't put the hat in there. But other, so I, I look at this thing and I'm like, this guy looks like a leather daddy talking to a chimp. Like there's some sort of weird thing going on here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's AI himself. Well, that's so he's got this show called AI dot cooking. And, and I have to wonder amongst other things, if the voice is real no, it's, um, it's the actual Gregory William Forsyth Foreman. But is that a real person? Yeah. How do you know? They're, um, he's on, on, on the social. But is he real or is he an AI? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then the also other goes by Gwolf. 
And then the other question is, okay, so if Gregory Forsyth Foreman is real, is is like the text, is the script that he's reading written by comic strip blogger or is it written by AI? A little bit of both because I'm pretty sure um, he just put his brain in, 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 into like um, into a cyborg <laughs> and the AI just takes from the brain and just <laughs> lives on the, um, the legacy of CSB. Okay. All right. Well, so I'd like to take another... Um, another musical break. I think, I think our episode today is going to be a little shorter than usual because of uh, us having started so late. We did not start that late. Calm down. We, we did. If you look at how, how long we've been playing, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's 949. So theoretically, we should be at an hour and 20 minutes and we're only at an hour and 12. So it means we're eight minutes late. I said seven earlier. That's not so bad. All right. This is, this is the long one. So, do you want to tell us anything about it before you before you shove it in our faces? No, this is this was this is going to be the the loud one. The <laughs> it, loud one, louder one. Uh-huh. They're all loud. It's just a song. Um, it's a little jam that John always does. It's called um, we call it the castle jam or castle song. The castle song, whatever. But this is going to be a, a cool breakdown and just kind of goes. There's a lot of energy going on. Uh, we could always have the show run a little bit late, so. I mean, I'm not worried about the show running late. Then shut up and listen.
this week I did something that I had been intending to do for a long, long time. I took an oil sample from my car and I sent it to a lab. All right. Um, it's going to take a couple of weeks for the results to come in, but basically um, they put the oil through a bunch of different kinds of chemical analyses and they're able to tell, among other things, like the presence of coolant leak, of a gasoline leak, of excess wear on certain parts of the vehicle. So, you know, when you send them the sample, you tell them what kind of oil it is and you tell them what kind of engine you have. Then they're able to compare the results of your sample to like national averages based on that oil type and that engine. Um, and so last year I had this whole friggin' nightmare with, with the car because, um, so what happened? So we, it's a 2012 Hyundai Sonata Hyundai hybrid, which means that it's got this special transmission on it. That's able to like turn electrical energy into mechanical energy. And, uh, and so the, the device, the, the car basically switches between like the electric transmission and I guess like a nut. And I don't know if it's the same transmission, but it switches between electric and then the non-electric transmission. And we had gotten this um, recall notice in the, in the mail saying, you know, bring your car in for an inspection. We need to upgrade your knock sensor software because there's something wrong with the knock sensor software and we're not detecting certain kinds of engine knock. An engine knock just basically means that like a knocking that you're not supposed to hear. You know, it's like all the typical noises of an engine are, are expected. And so if there's an atypical noise, like something broke in the engine, if, if a piece of something is like loose, then you're going to hear an extra noise. And so if your knock sensor is not working, it means like you're not going to hear it if your engine's breaking. So we, okay. So I, you know, took the, the car in to get the knock sensor software upgraded. Something like three months later, I'm driving back from Lake Okeechobee, which is like two hours away from where I live. And I went there to go on like a little fishing adventure thing in the lake. And on my way back, just as I was getting back to like the city, just back to civilization away from the Everglades, suddenly like something happens with my engine and I, and, and it just starts making this crazy rattling noise and it's not accelerating properly. And so I drive like probably like another half mile to the parking lot of a bank. And then I go to get my car towed. So I take the, the when the dealership gets the car, wh- what, what does it turn out to be? It turns out that there was a bad bearing that was, ho- that was on the crankshaft that was holding one of the pistons. So the bearing was not good, which caused the piston rod to snap. And the rattling that I was hearing was the piston rod being pushed up and down in the cylinder Jesus of Christ. my engine. Now, this is exactly the kind of thing that the knock sensor supposed is to supposed to detect, <laughs> right? Like as soon as the thing starts wearing out and it's not going up and down properly, like it's supposed to start noticing and no, they had to completely replace the engine block. 
it took something like seven months to get a new engine block last year because of these supply chain issues. At least you had Uber, right? <laughs> they, 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 they gave us a loaner. Um, then so they gave us a new engine block. Then they had to change the camshaft. Then once everything was said and done and they gave us the car back, the transmission didn't work properly. These assholes refused to take any responsibility for the fact that they gave us the car back and the transmission stops working. The transmission is connected directly to the engine. It's what turns the engine. The engine turns because of the transmission. This is God it drives me crazy. So man, I don't understand. Like they fixed, they fixed the engine block, then the transmission breaks. So I had to replace the transmission out of my own pocket. And so I'm super paranoid now about the car. And so the long story short, right to, to conclude this whole saga is that I sent in an oil sample because I want to make sure that I catch any problems before they happen because any kind of strange vibration would cause excess wear on the particular part that was vibrating. And the amazing thing about these vehicles is that like pretty much every single independent part of the engine has a different composition of metals. So they're able to really kind of specify or narrow down what could be wrong with the car based on what metals are showing up in the sample. So um, if you've never heard about oil analysis, it costs 30 bucks at this one place called Blackstone Laboratories in Indiana. There are other places, other labs that will do it too. That's just, they have a podcast um, called Slick Talk. Well, let's get them lit. Right. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm I don't know if they care enough about 2.0. that. They, they don't need, they don't need money. You know, they don't need donations. It's like, are we here for the money? No. Are you here? Cause you are generating <laughs> money right now. No, but what I'm saying is that like they do the podcast to advertise their, their product, which is the oil analysis. And I, you know what? I just think oil analysis is really cool. Uh, you know, it's really easy to do. You just stick a little tube in the, the port for the dipstick and you pump a little bit of oil into a container and then you send it off to these people. Um, well, I'm certainly interested. I'm not the kind of person who leases or, just, you know, changes their car every couple of years. I plan to have my car for till it's on the fucking floor. Yeah. So if that's, I mean, if that's what you want to do, then the best way to know. The, now the question the is, okay, yeah. so I get this analysis back. Okay. It's this or it's just that. What do you do with that? Like, how do you convince a mechanic? Hey, you need to fix that. They're like, hey, you know what the fuck you're no, talking about? A mechanic is going to do whatever you pay him to do. Let's, let's start with the facts. Okay. Like if you tell a mechanic, Hey mechanic, do this thing. I'll pay you. The guy's not going to argue with you. It's, you don't need to convince him of this, that, or the other thing. If you say, you know, Hey, I want you to replace the gasket on my engine head. He's not going to, uh, no, I think it's good. Like it, well, if the guy's arguing with you, then get another mechanic anyway, because like that doesn't make any sense. Um, that's essentially what it is, is that depending on what, like, so for instance, it could be, um, I'm seeing, I'm seeing coolant fluid in the oil. So, you know, you got a, a leak in the cooling system. That could be a head. It could be like a gasket thing. Um, it could be something else. Uh, if you got gas in it, that could be a head, you know, so like the head gaskets, one thing, if the head gasket, which is like a basically a piece of material that separates the bottom part of the engine from the top part, if that cracks or is broken, it can it can allow for liquid to get through from one part of the engine to the other. Um, if there's specific metal wear, all right, know. separate work from pleasure, please. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking but of if work, if you find this conversation valuable, don't forget to boost. Send us your sats. Send us your feedback. Yeah. So speaking of work, um, so I am a yacht mechanic. I 
can fix yachts for a living. And that's kind of what I do during my day job. And, um, I get, uh, I get two 10 minute breaks. I get one at 10 AM and I get one at two 30. That's it. And I also get a lunch break mm. at 12. So for a total of, I guess, 50 minutes of breaks. And a few months ago, I, I don't remember what it was. I think I switched departments. It was what it was. And I decided to start reading on my breaks. I don't know what motivated me to do it, but I started reading on my breaks. And you know what? You get a lot of reading done, like, you know, just, just half an hour or so of reading a day and you, you finish books. So I, the first book I finished was the book of Satoshi. So you don't talk to anybody, huh? I mean, I do, but it's, you know, during the breaks though, if we talk enough, when we're working, <laughs> we don't, we don't, we get, we get enough of each other during work. Like our breaks are like our personal time. Gotcha. Um, and we're often, I mean, you know, in this industry, we're like right up on each other. We're sweating or farting each other's faces. I mean, it's not, how was you earlier? Oh man. <laughs> oh, man. That's yes. Um, and so I've been, I, I read the book of Satoshi, which is, um, collected writings of Satoshi Nakamoto. Great book. A lot of, a lot of really interesting stuff. Yeah. If you see this video or any of the pictures that chimp puts up of this recording, you can see that on my wall, I've got a, a copy of the Bitcoin white paper, uh, sublimated on top of aluminum or into aluminum, I should say, or onto whatever. Um, the second book I'm about to finish right now is called the mobile wave and by Michael Saylor about mobile computing and the effects that it has had or that he thinks it will have on the world economy. The next book I'm going to read is going to be a boat book and it's called, um, it's called boat mechanical systems handbook. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because I have been thinking about getting a new job in the same industry. You know, I'm not changing industries, but I want to get paid more and I want to do something more interesting. Um, and so to prepare myself to get a new job, I want to read a book that will reinforce my knowledge and enhance it so that I will be attractive, you know, to, I'm not going to put it on my resume. I read this book, but it's more like I read the book and then I'm going to have the knowledge in my head that I can actually discuss it and talk about it competently. That's more my aim. Um, Hey guys, he read this book. Oh man, hire him. (laughs) He can read. Well, you know, I mean, there are a couple books actually in this industry that are somewhat legendary. But the the point I'm trying to make is that if you happen to have breaks at work and you happen to be unsatisfied with your job, you know, reading is, is a really great thing that you can do. Um, I don't read books outside of work. Most most people eat under break. Yeah. I mean, I I eat lunch. I'll usually like, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll read a little bit while I'm eating, but I'll usually eat first. And then when I'm done, I'll, I'll finish off my break with eating. Um, with, I mean, with reading, but the point I'm trying to make is that it's, you know, it's a good way to, uh, to make a break less boring, I suppose. I used to spend it on my phone and that's, you know, it's entertaining in a way, but it's not really high quality entertainment. Reading is much higher quality entertainment. So read on your breaks at work. That's you won't definitely regret true. it. I mean, first you need to drive the want to read. A lot of people don't do that. But yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the thing. I try to avoid my phone as much as possible. (laughs) I mean, I want to read, but, and I like reading. It's, it's okay. I like reading. It's hard to want to because of how instantaneous the pleasure is with other things. Reading requires a little bit of effort on your part. Patience. You know, you got to get through the sentence. Whereas with like the modern 
forms of instant pleasure media, it's just as soon as you press play, it's like already boom, you know, the endorphins are going off because that's how everything is produced these days is just to manipulate us. Yeah. Now that I'm working from home, my breaks consist of just going outside and taking the dogs out. Which <laughs> uh, is nice because I, I keep my shutters, my hurricane shutters up throughout the year round. Oh God. Just because I'm lazy. You're one of those houses. It's yes. Like, it's like, what, do we live in a slum? What is this? <laughs> hey, you know, I got dogs in the front and shutters in the back, so no one's getting in. Yeah, no one's messing with you. Yeah, that's a, you know. But it's nice to go outside and see the sun and everything, get my vitamin D. Yeah. Well, I work in a shipyard and I'm outside a lot of the day. You got so that's, plenty of vitamin that's not too much. <laughs> Although I'm still like, I take off my shirt and then my coworkers make fun of how white I am. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I wear a shirt all day. I mean, my arms are like pretty nicely colored, but you know, I mean, my, my torso is pasty. It's just uh, time to hit the nude beach. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, you know, I mean, the nude beach is great if you want to get a tan on your ass. That's all I got to say. It's like, you go to the regular beach and you're still going to have that little section where your bathing suit is that everything's going to be white. So if you want to get that solid single tone tan, or if you just want to look at tanned asses, <laughs> saggy, wrinkly tanned asses, yes. then Hollover Beach in Miami-Dade County, Florida. <laughs> so, um, you know, the reason I got into the boat, yacht, mechanic, industry thing is because I want to be on the ocean. I want to travel. I want to sail. I want to do things like that. And not being a rich person myself, it seemed like the only practical way to do that would be to know how to do those things. Because unless you know, then you pay someone to do it, right? I'm going to pay. I'm going to charter a boat. I'm going to rent to this. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to be doing that. I'm going to be doing the whole thing myself. Um, one of my goals is Bitcoin boat the floating think tank. And uh, I look forward to talking more about that in the future. But if that's something that appeals to you, the Bitcoin boat, whatever that means, then, you know, that'll be cool. We'll talk about that. So you'll have brunches on the boat instead of at Naomi's. <laughs> well, you know, eventually I'm not going to be in Miami, right? So I'm in Miami for a period of time. Like I'm doing this apprenticeship. Um, so I'm kind of stuck here for the time being. But once that's over with, I mean, I plan on traveling. It's so, you know, the Bitcoin brunch thing is it coincides with like my career, right? So I'm trying to build up my career right now. So I'm kind of stuck in, in South Florida working, studying. Once that's over with, I'm not going to be doing Bitcoin brunch every Sunday because I, you know, I got a life to live. It's, it's a big commitment to, to five hours every week at the same location. I mean, so I could still do Bitcoin brunch stuff. I can do Bitcoin brunches in other cities, but I'm not going to be stuck in Miami. And hopefully by, by 2024, it will have like enough regulars that it doesn't need me anyway. Well, wherever you are on a Sunday from 10 to 2. 10 to 3. 10 to 3. Ugh, everyone gets the time wrong. And it's always been the same time <laughs> since the first day. It's always been 10 to 3. And then everyone's like, it's 11 to 3, right? It's 11 to 5, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, Bitcoin brunch every Sunday from 10 to 3. You can come and hang out with me. At Naomi's. Naomi's Garden in Miami. I miss brunch. The food's so good. It is. Caribbean food. It's delicious stuff. Yes, I hope to be there soon again. Uh, but yeah, wherever you are, just have a brunch. It'll be like your um, like your Sunday mass, you know? Yeah, start your own cult, you know? So if your life is boring and you feel like you don't have a crew of subservient 
uh, human resources, then just found your own Bitcoin brunch cult. And then you have tons of arms and legs for tons of pipe wrenches. Absolutely. (laughs) And with that, we bid you good people a good Saturday night.